Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Brain Food Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon. Join with me today, Davin. How's it going? Mm -hmm. It's going great. It's going great. Good, good. I'm off on holiday tomorrow, by the way. I know. (laughs) With you gone, there's not really a lot for me to do. (laughs) There's a couple things more I got to do because I didn't quite get everything done, but I'll get those done. Shortly. Well, you can you can enjoy a, a, a less intense space of work as well. Then, yeah, that's that's the main thing. I'm still not going to take a day off, but I'll yeah. just you know, have more more normal. <laughs> of course not. And like I say, I go on holiday. I'm gonna, I, you know, <laughs> there'll be some hours. I'll squeeze some yeah. stuff in. Yeah. Anyway, this is why we're doing this on Thursday rather than our typical Friday. I think that was why I wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. And yes, so although that doesn't really matter because this is a podcast, that's just for the people who are watching live, I suppose. If you are listening to this on podcasts, you can also watch it live on YouTube, but don't do that. Rather, if you're watching it live on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast because we'd like to grow that. Yeah. And in future, go listen there. We have a lot of episodes there. So, you know, you can get caught up. I don't even know how many we have now, but it's a lot. It is a lot. I think it's like at least like 40. That's cool. And they're all pretty long. And yeah. I don't know, I think, I think they're pretty good. We get good reviews. We do. Which, speaking of good speaking yeah. of good reviews, is that what you wanted to prompt me into? Yeah, go. Speaking of good reviews, if you want to leave us a good or bad review, you can do so. And when we get to a thousand reviews, we're going to give away a $1,000 Amazon gift card. How about that? That's a serious contest. Like, I was never a big contest enterer, but I'd yeah. enter a contest for a grand. Well, and you have like, you know, reasonable, I mean, not like, awesome odds but like not it's not like winning the lotto like there's like decent odds that you'll win the odds of winning the lottery are depressingly low yeah and then you go bankrupt anyway apparently according to a video we made <laughs> yeah if you do win that's what yeah. or, or just everyone hates you after yeah yeah it's not great and so, some people uh, try to, wanna... some people try to kill you that's the thing that happens oh god so don't win the lottery as much as you might want it don't yeah. Where do you want to start today? What's up? What, are we doing a quick fact and then moving into our main content? We are. We're going to do, and uh, for the, the main content, is going to be on Lord Minimus. Who, uh, it's an interesting, interesting uh, dwarf person that lived a yeah. long time ago. And it's, what a coincidence story. that his name was Minimus and he's a dwarf. What <laughs> are the odds? Yeah. Um, but before that, before that, we're going to talk a quick fact. So have you ever wondered why Dick is short for Richard? Why is that? Oh my God, name? I have wondered that. Tell yes. me. Uh, so, to begin with here, the, the Richard itself, the name comes from the Proto-Germanic Rickarthu, uh, which Rick meaning ruler and Harthu meaning hard, so hard ruler, basically. And so you might yeah. think from that that it might come, you know, like maybe the whole dick thing came from, you know, like dick as in penis, hard ruler, you know, or dick as in jerk, like a jerk. He's a hard ruler. That's um, what I would think. I would think the jerk one, but yeah. Yeah, okay. it, tur- it turns out uh, neither of those things because the... um. The penis one actually didn't come about until the 1890s. And it was actually a British army slang, which the, the, the army, like the Air Force, they have the best slang for everything all yeah, the time, as, as we covered a bit ago. But um, in any event, it, it comes from neither of those things. So how did it actually come about? So it turns out it was around the 13th century that it happened. And so, of course, you have Richard. And then sometimes you'll people would shorten it to Rich or Rick. Um, that's just the thing that happened. And then they would do rhyming names. Like, um, so if you had a, if you had a given name, it would be like rich Richard and then Rick. And then of course the rhyming is Dick or Hick. And those were, yeah. it was, that was, people don't know the Hick one now. Cause nobody calls a Richard a Hick unless they're like a <laughs> country pumpkin or something. Uh, but yeah. it's not like a common thing, but Dick has stuck around, um, for whatever reason. 
And so it's thought that maybe the dick one stuck around because it's uh, at some point in around the 16th century, at least Shakespeare references it. There's the uh, dick had become known as like the everyman like name, like dick, you know, like just guy. Hey, guy who's like, hey, dick. Uh, So like every Tom, Dick and Francis, which is what Shakespeare has in Henry the fourth. So that that kind of established the everyman thing. And so maybe that was a, a connection there. But but also that has been speculated to be why that sort of everyman Dick is just everyman. Why how that maybe the British army slang for Dick as in penis came about. So, yeah, that is our quick fact today. There you go. I was wondering, I, I always thought this might have just been a British thing. But so you would call you you call people Richard, who yeah, like my uncle's called Richard, but we call him Uncle Dick because... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's quite as common, but I did have a friend in high school named Richard and we did call him Dick. And like, not always to make fun of him. Sometimes to make fun of him, but not <laughs> always. Like 90% to make fun of him. Yeah. But sometimes just like, hey, Dick, you know, like, you know, but other times, yeah, there was a lot of teasing as well. That yeah. was the thing. Hey, cock. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know, it was all in good fun. He was good uh, scuba diving partner and whatnot. So, you know, fun, fun times. There you go. Yeah. Well, now I know. Yeah. Uh, Shall we have a quick word from our fantastic sponsors before from, diving in? Is this your favorite sponsor? Because it's my favorite. Uh, you know, the, I don't pick favorites. I should say, I love I should them say all of, the, of the product that, you know, a product that we actually are advertising. This is the one that I love the most for myself. It is the one that I've, lo- I've used the most for the yeah. longest time before, yeah. like, even doing YouTube. And then it yeah. also just became much more useful as I started That's doing YouTube. So useful. Yes. You know, so, you know how much data I've backed up with Backblaze? <laughs> yeah. I have, Am I, I supposed I, to say this because I feel like I might be abusing their generosity a little bit? Because I got like 13 terabytes. Oh, see, I have like I 14 or so. I have about 14, oh, so. Yeah, for six like... Six bucks a month. Yeah. And unlimited. You can you can do as much as you want. So they don't restrict. <laughs> have you ever got a letter from your ISP telling you that you're downloading too much? No, but that is uh, a problem... <laughs> With uh, with one thing I have, so I have this whole server backed up, right? But then I moved locations to a new internet provider, and then I wanted to switch the, the stuff to the different computer. And so yeah. what what would happen? I actually figured out there is a way to do it with Backblaze to switch it without it actually having to re-back up the whole thing. Because of course, if I backed up 14 terabytes again, oh, yeah, I no. definitely would get a letter. That I, time. I, I, I re-lettered my drives, you know, the hard drives on the computer, yeah. and then it desynced, and I couldn't work out how to get it. So I synced like a four terabyte hard disk again. Oh, no, you can do it. Like, you can go. I don't remember how to do it. It's not actually, they have instructions on how. It's not that complicated at all. But just to, to switch, like, if you want to switch a hard drive to another computer or whatnot. Uh, not that, I mean, that's really more of an ISP problem, but they do have a mechanism for it anyway. So, yes. This is one of the many mechanisms they have. I should probably talk about some of the points yeah. they actually want us to yeah, talk about probably rather should. than just, yeah. <laughs> but it is really good. Uh, it, it's $6 a month. It is unlimited. You don't, you know... Why I brought up that ISP letter was I once got one when I was, I live with like six friends at university and we all, I'm sure, you know, downloaded a lot of stuff, you yeah. know, legally, 100% legally for <laughs> and, and whatnot, all of us. Um, yeah. And they sent us a letter to say, you guys download like 120 gigabytes last month. This was 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. You've got to slow down. Yeah. But Backblaze, none of that nonsense. No. If, if I wanted to, you know, I could back up that 11, uh, 13 terabytes again. Right yeah, and now. you can also throttle no it, like, if, if you do have the problem with the ISP, like, if you have, I mean, not really many people have that massive amount to back up, but if you did, you can always tell it back ways to slow it down so you don't have that, that issue, but um, also, we should mention that it's uh, automatic, so you just install it, and then you forget about it. It just, everything happens automatically all the time, all your stuff is backed up without you I look at it maybe anything. once every two months to make sure that, you know, the, the data has been backed up, and it always yeah. has. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's Backblaze. Uh, backblaze.com forward slash brain food. 15 day free trial. Yeah, go use that because we would like them to come back. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, backblaze.com forward slash brain food. Check it out. Main content time. What's going on today? Other today, than this, this um, Minimus, right? Yeah, Jeffrey Hudson was his proper name. Also known, he became known, I should say, as Lord Minimus. Uh, or his proper titles were Sir Jeffrey or Captain Hudson. Um, yeah. were, were titles that he would eventually get. Uh, so he was born. Just call him. If I was, if I had both sides, I'd be like, yeah, you can just call me Sir Captain. <laughs> or like, <laughs> I demand that they be double barreled. Yeah, he preferred Captain. Was the one he 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 went with. Uh, the one he preferred to go. See, with, while but... it's lower in the order of precedence or whatever you call it, it is cooler, right? Well, yeah, because Captain is like you kind of got to earn that to some extent. I mean, you know, whereas the Sir, the Sir, you know, you can just be given that you know, just for like a court thing, like here's a favor and now you're going to do something for me. Like that was a thing that happened all the time. True. But if I was like, if I was 18 years old, you know, I could get, it's, it's realistic. I could become a captain, I think Mm -hmm. of like a ship or something, or definitely if I joined the army, because that's a lower rank, but becoming a knight, dude, it's rare. Like not many people get that. We made a video about this. We did. You get nothing for it. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, But so, so Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hudson. He was born in June of 1619. It's not exactly known. What some people say June 14th, I think, but it's not really known. Uh, In Oakham, in the county of Rutland, England. And so he was the son of just a commoner, just a a big old broad-shouldered guy by the name of John Hudson. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't actually clear at first. Uh, So he had siblings and they were all normal height. His his mother was normal height and everything. Uh, So, but Jeffrey, it wasn't actually clear he was a, a dwarf at first because everything was perfectly proportionate. So he was a proportionate dwarfism. Uh, well, it'd be so, weird if he was born a dwarf, like a dwarf. Are there such things well, as dwarf babies? Well, no, but you can usually, you can tell usually uh, more quickly that the, you know, the limbs and stuff aren't quite proportionate to uh, what you would expect as they're growing. And he, 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 as he was growing, you know, as he's like four or five, like he's still just this tiny little, tiny little guy. Um, he, he really wasn't growing that much uh, as we'll see. So this, this became, so what is it, his dad? So they weren't like poor, but they also, they didn't really have a lot of money. They were kind of, his dad worked as a, so he was like a guy who trained bulls to fight, but like not bullfighting, like we would think of it, but like, um, just like to fight other animals, like dogs and stuff. Uh, and he did so for the Duke of Buckingham. Uh, so he, he didn't really have a lot of money, but he was well connected. Uh, and so, oh, we should probably mention what is actually thought to be wrong with Jeffrey Hudson. Wait, so, the dwarf. What more well, yeah. do you need? Well, no, but it, at the time, what did they think actually caused it? I just wanted to bring Ghosts this one up. Ghosts in it, the blood. Because it was funny. It's close. Yes. <laughs> no. While his mother was in labor, she supposedly choked on a pickle somehow. Why are you and, eating pickles while giving birth? I don't know. There's probably like something that they thought, like you eat a pickle in your birth to like ease something, pain, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But for whatever reason, she choked on a pickle while she was in labor. And that was thought to perhaps have caused his dwarfism. But of course, actually, it was um, probably hypopituitarism. But, you know, you and your pi- you and your doctor speak. Yeah, the pickle story is a lot better. I'm sticking um, with the pickle. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, his his dad worked for the Duke of Buckingham, George Vier. And so what his dad did know was one, his son, when his son grows up, He's not really got a lot of options, right? Like the, he, he's just a little guy. Like he, he was at seven years old. He was still only 18 inches tall, which um, what is that in centimeters? Like 30, uh, maybe 40 centimeters, maybe yeah, 45 ish. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so he, he was 
super small, but also quite proportionate, which was a little bit rare to be that small and, and almost perfectly proportionate at seven. So his dad's so thinking... Proportionate means like he just looks like a tiny person rather than yeah. has like weird, like a giant arms or something. Like yeah, like, man-sized like, arms. Yeah, like he's just, he's pretty proportionate. Like as we'll see when he's an adult, his head's a little bigger, but the rest of him was proportionate as you'd expect. So, you know, his sons doesn't have a lot of prospect, but you know what is a thing back then in royal courts is that almost everyone kept a dwarf or or multiple dwarves <laughs> just for entertainment purposes. So like entertain guests did. at parties, yeah. And so this is what his dad, seven years old, takes him, you know, he's got connections. He takes him to the Duchess Catherine Villiers and he says, hey, here's my son, check him out. Uh, and because he kn- he knows like this is rare and this is a thing sought after in 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 courts and so and naturally the duchess was was completely uh, loved the little guy and was in kind of wanted to to keep him so she did and so and, and again at the time though they were keeping him more like pets almost like and they treated him kind of like pets it wasn't oh a my. Good, it wasn't awesome but you know he's going to either way when he grows up he's going to be demeaned and all that so at least this way. You know, he's also, you know, has his own servants living like a life of luxury and stuff. So presumably this was what his dad was thinking. And he wasn't just like a horrible person, probably. How long, how long ago was this? This was in the 17th century. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Things were, things were different back then. (laughs) Yeah. A bit. So yeah, she, she, he takes her there, or he takes him there. And then the Duchess is like, yep, I want him, you know? And so (laughs) she proceeds to take him into her, her household. He's now a member of her court to entertain guests and whatnot. And uh, yeah. so she she mostly just like dresses him in miniature outfits and like, you know, maybe treating him like a toy basically and and a pet. Um, so kind of debuting him at parties, showing him off to her friends and all that as they did. And so, but his life, he would get a little bit of an upgrade soon enough, Jeffrey would, because the, the Duke and Duchess were entertaining King Charles I and Queen Henrietta. And so... Mm-hmm. They come over for a party. And as we've talked about before in the, there's an episode of podcast we did called How Did the Practice of Women Jumping Out of Cake Start? Which is really good. If you haven't, anyone hasn't listened to it, go. I like that one. Yeah, that that one was super interesting. So at the time, just a a real short at the time, they used to bake like really large pies and various food items. Um, Sometimes they'd make like boats. Like the the food would be like part of the entertainment, not just to eat, but, but visually and and what it would do, sometimes they would have like birds burst out of a pie um, and, you know, or frogs or in one case, the most extreme case, like, uh, I think was the 28 members of an orchestra was inside a giant pie. I'm sensing a YouTube video we could make, dude. Yeah. yeah. We bake a 28 piece orchestra pie. Yeah. And so this, this was a thing. So she thought, all right, we're going to, I'm going to impress the king and queen with my new toy. So she'd only had him for a few months. And so she makes, they make a rather, or her chef makes a rather small pie and then, you know, Jeffrey's like all hunched down, scrunched into it. And so at the appropriate <laughs> time, this pie is presented to the queen. And uh, so when it's wheeled in front of her, then Jeffrey bursts out and he's wearing like a little suit of armor that had been specially made for him and also has a little sword that he's brandishing and he kind of swings it about, you know, and just amusing everyone with it. And the queen loved it. She thought this was awesome. And she <laughs> want, she was like, I want one. You know, that's basically her <laughs> response. And uh, so she asked the duchess if she could if she could go ahead and and have have him have Jeffrey like she could she take him and because oh, at wow. the time yeah at the time she already had a couple dwarves but none so small and like proportionate as this and she also had a giant named William Evans who was over seven <laughs> feet tall apparently and she also had a monkey named Pug and this was sort of her little collection this is so bizarre it's like, the stuff so wrong. Into back in the day yeah <laughs> so wrong also the queen she she goes to someone's house 
they bring her a big pie and this guy this little dwarf bursts out of the cake and it's like hey la, da, 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 da. and she's like i want it i want yeah, it yeah, I want. and then i'm the queen give it to me yeah and the duchess is like sure you go ahead and have him so then jeffrey he does become a member of the queen's court in 1626 and so he's seven years old at the time so yeah uh, so then he goes How to old? live in seven so he's still seven years old oh he's really young still i thought he was older no, he was still super young, still only 18 inches tall. And so the, the you know, he goes... Wait, so his parents have like, you know, they just, yeah, they just left him. Yeah, pretty much. I, there's, okay. there's no reference of him ever speaking to his family again. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Might have written, but it's not recorded anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, when he, when he goes to live with the queen, that's when he got the, the nickname Lord Minimus. And, uh, and so, yeah, the, again, it was... The fact that he was so small and so perfectly proportioned was why he was so unique among a lot of the dwarves that were kept at court. Uh, he was uh, he was just a tiny little guy. And so uh, Sir Walter Scott actually, so later when he grows up, when Jeffrey grows up, uh, Sir Walter Scott has a quote sort of uh, describing uh, what he looked like and why he was so special that way. Uh, he, although a dwarf of the least possible size, had nothing positively ugly in his countenance or actually distorted in his limbs. His countenance in particular, had he been a little taller, would have been accounted in youth, handsome and now in age, striking and expressive. It was but the uncommon disproportion betwixt the head and the trunk which made the feature seem whimsical and bizarre, and effect which was considerably increased by the dwarf's moustaches, which... It was his pleasure to wear so large that they almost twisted back amongst and mingled with his grizzled hair. Dude, the old English quotes. It's like, how do I, how did I not stumble over myself during that? Yeah, that was good. Um, so, so going, yeah, going back to his childhood though. So when he when he becomes a member of the Queen's court. So as you might imagine, having a giant and the the a super you know over seven feet tall and then this little little guy, they were often paired up to entertain guests. And so one of like one of the party tricks they used to do. I think they even lived together. Like they lived in the same little house they were given cottage or whatever, uh, but or rooms. But so so one of the party tricks they would do. So so the giant, he's he's Evans. He's got this giant coat. You know, I don't know, maybe think Hagrid or something. Uh, and so he would keep in one pocket a really huge loaf of bread, and then he would pull that out for the guests, like he was going to make them some food. And then in the other pocket, hidden in the other pocket, was was Jeffrey. And so he would pull him out and then they would make the food together. It was kind of just to surprise the guests. This was one of many party tricks they used to do uh, to entertain the guests. <laughs> so wrong. So strange. Could, yeah. they, could they not just talk to each other or just yeah. like, have some wine? Like, I don't know. I really feel like when I have friends around for dinner now, I'm, I'm completely lacking. I don't put on any entertainment at all. <laughs> yeah, where's your... Yeah, exactly. It's just like... Should we put on some Spotify music? Yeah, so now that said, while he was sort of treated as a pet and, and for this object of entertainment like this, uh, Jeffrey and the Queen actually, they hit it off. Like she, the Queen was about 10 years older than him, but they became quite seemingly close friends. And it was kind of speculated, like, why, did, why was she so fond of him? Why was he so fond of her? It was probably something to do with the fact that they were both sort of outsiders in that society. So his queen was, this, this queen, Henrietta, was a French Catholic uh, living in England when, at the time when, you know, like being French or Catholic was like, I mean, Catholics were getting like executed and stuff just for being Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So this was not the best of times. Yeah, she didn't. And then it got worse because at a certain point, like her and her husband didn't get along at first. They, they actually became super close, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, at the in the beginning, they weren't getting along at all, King Charles and her. And so he blamed all her retinue, like all her her entourage that she had brought from France uh, was was kind of keeping her and keeping her from him. And that's what he thought. So he just banished them. He was just, sorry, I'm getting rid of your whole entourage. And 
Um, some of them refused to go at first, and so then he got his guards to come and physically escort them out of the country. Um, he did leave a, a couple, like a priest and a few others, but uh, took her later lady-in-waiting, which was her best friend. Um, what was her name? Uh, Madame St. George. And so she, he, like her best friend, nope, she's gone now. And now, so now the queen is kind of there all by herself, lonely, no one to talk to, but she's got Jeffrey. This is, this all happened uh, basically about the same time she, she scored Jeffrey from the Duchess. Uh, so <laughs> they became uh, quite close and she kind of, um, oh, going back to the king and queen. So the relationship was rocky in the beginning, but this was a rare case where they actually became super close later. There's, Tons of examples, but I just did a quick little quote from Jan- a letter in January of 1645 from King Charles to the Queen. And dear heart, thou canst not but be confident that there is no danger which I will not hazard or pains that I will not undergo to enjoy the happiness of thy company. Yeah. Aw, isn't that yeah. sweet? Yeah, there was actually a ton of stuff like that that was um, not just letters, but also some uh, some other stuff. But anyways, it was a little bit too far of a tangent, so I just put that one in. So yeah, Jeffrey... The queen, they're getting along awesome. And so she she really likes him. So she sees to it that he's educated. She, you know, taught how to be a gentleman, taught how to dance, like like everything that the gentleman would need to do. Um, and she started giving him some courtly tasks, especially as he got older. But even starting when he was just um, 10 years old, she sent him off to France with a delegation to, to gather her. She was pregnant at the time, so she wanted her midwife from France and mm-hmm. uh, one Madame Perron. And then also 10 Catholic friars. I don't know. Just why you would need 10, but that's what she, she was. You got to have an entourage, man. You yeah, need I guess get her gotta... entourage back. Maybe they were closer now so you could get her entourage back. So, and also the Queen Marie de Michi of France was sending a bunch of uh, valuables to her daughter, okay. who is, you know, some gifts and stuff. For, I, I assume like baby gifts, you know, like stuff just to celebrate the birth. So on, oh, on, on that entourage that was sent to France was the, was this interesting guy. Also, he was a, he was a hunchback, but uh, also a dance master, which I don't know, those seemed kind of a novelty, I guess at the time, but he was also like really good. Jacques Cordaire de Bacon. And if you look at his resume, like he taught so many of the Royals how to dance, like not just in England and whatnot. Like he was quite like, he became a super famous choreographer and also a violinist (laughs) later in life. So they, they were sent, but of course, this, this part was because this guy also taught Jeffrey how to dance. And so when Jeffrey was there, he was do his little routine and, and his dance abilities, uh, you know, impressed everyone there in France. And so he actually got a ton of really awesome, expensive gifts as from, from the court who were just super impressed with him. Uh, but unfortunately for him, so he's got all this, he's got a little bit of wealth now. He's get, getting, I'm saying gifts. like his life's working out pretty good. So far, oh. it, it turns dark, <laughs> but so... Okay. so I mean, it's well, kinda... he was like, he wasn't going to have a good time, you know, no. being a dwarf in like the 1600s. No. And so, and his parents give him away and I'm kind of like, oh, that's bad. But yeah. things now are kinda, he's educated, things, things he's not to be out. a gentleman. He's, you know, getting respect from the queen. Uh, he's eventually. been taught to dance by this amazing hunchback. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. so, but unfortunately, so he gets all these gifts and also, you know, he's going back home on the ship when, of course, <laughs> the ship is captured by pirates as happened back oh, then no. a lot. And so they took, they didn't want the, the friars. They did take all the valuables, including all the, all the stuff he had gotten for himself, but also the, the queen stuff. Uh, but they did want the midwife and Jeffrey were valuable. So they, these slavers, they took him. Uh, and the queen was quite distraught about this. And it seems like maybe she just ransomed them rather than, you know, because normally they would just be sold off to slavery. But in this case, he was back shortly thereafter. So it's presumed the queen must have paid. She was, uh, there was account that she was quite concerned for his safety. And so she, presumably she sent some money along and, and got him, got him back. But, um, but unfortunately for her, so she gives birth 
and the baby dies directly after as, as happened all the time back then. Um, so the baby dies, she almost dies in the process, but and then she had a super long uh, recovery period. And this also is, happens all the time back then. <laughs> all the time back then. Uh, and so this this is where Jeffrey actually was a super, he was her, her you know, her great comfort, just kind of stayed by her side through her whole healing and everything. And they became super close, even more so at this point. In their, and then he became kind of her constant companion for a good, oh, 15 more years until something happened. Was, I guess it was maybe 13 years. We'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Not only, not only was he very academically inclined, he was also a voracious reader. And at a certain point, he also, as he got older, was known for his very razor sharp weaponized wit. Uh, just like if someone would make fun of him, he, he, you know, he had a response right back that would, you know, just put them right down, put them right down. And this was endlessly amusing to the court. They thought this was hilarious because he had such a razor sharp wit uh, and was quite funny and witty. Uh, but besides becoming well-educated. He also was taught. He was given a horse and a special saddle and a special custom pistols made for someone more his size. Uh, and then he became quite an excellent excellent um, horse rider and marksman as well. So this brings us, he's now 23 years Jeff's old. Jeff's like a renaissance dwarf. He is. Like this guy is, he's, he's he, you know, given opportunity, he's taken it. Yeah. Um, doing something with it. So at the age of 23 now, so he's quite well-educated. He's, you know, great horse rider. He's been taught all his weapons and everything like that. So the English Civil War starts in 1642. The title for this episode shouldn't be the dueling dwarf, dude. It should be the Renaissance dwarf. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm impressed. Because he's only, at this point, at 23, he's only like somewhere between 20 and 23 inches tall. It's not quite clear, but he's he's grown a little bit since his seven-year-old self, but like only a few inches. So he's still tiny. It's a TV show. It should be a TV show about this guy. Yeah. And so at this point, he's 23 and he wants to take part. He wants to fight in the English Civil War, fight for his queen that he loves and, you know, all that. Yeah. And so the queen and the king agree to grant him the title of captain of the horse, which it's not actually clear whether they actually sent him out to do battle ever. Like if he ever actually led troops or anything, or if it was just they just made him captain of the horse just for ceremonial type thing. Um, And it was around this time also that the king knighted him. And although the knighted one was definitely meant as a joke, or at least the accounts where it was a joke, like during a party, like he knighted, but he, it was official, like he officially knighted him just, but you know, so he was, he was a, a knight at that point and a captain, which I mean, this might be why he preferred captain over sir. Cause maybe the, the sir was given kind of as a joke, even if it was official and the captain was more like, you know, an honor perhaps. It was a, it was a story like last year or something. I'm sure it was just in one of the British tabloids, but like one of our, Royals was having a party and they invited, I think it was the singer James Blunt. I'm sure I'm going to get the story wrong. And they were just screwing around with a ceremonial sword. And I think he ended up in hospital or something. But I was like, that's such a great story. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just having a party. They were pretending to knight each other. And then, you know, the sword was yeah, real sharp and the singer yeah, he got. Not a, not a good idea. <laughs> so yeah, at the, at the height of the, the civil war that's happening here, the queen, she goes back to Europe and, you know, touring around trying to gain support. For, for King Charles and also she's selling off a lot of her valuables, which just this was also used as, as against the, the king and queen back in England by some, by their enemies at the time, because they were like, hey, they're selling off all the, the valuable, all, you know, all the valuable jewels and stuff, which I mean, she kind of was. So um, that, you know, that belonged to England or whatever. But so she was raising some funds like that. She didn't, uh, wasn't able to sell some of the more valuable items because of some of the controversy and whatnot. But um, so Jeffrey goes with her. Of course, he's her constant companion. And this, but at this time, so he's a captain. He's a sir, you know. Like he's is his, his captain of the horse. 
Is that like a rank, an actual military rank, or is this some sort of ceremonial title? No, the I've never I, heard I, of it before. Captain of the Horse, I believe, was was an actual official military rank oh. that would normally come with some soldiers to command. But uh, again, it's not like and clear. some training. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, as you'll see in a minute, he's a great marksman, which has kind of ruined the rest of his life. Uh, unfortunately. Oh. But yeah, so he goes to France and he's he's not having it. He's no longer entertainment. He's an adult. He's captain. He's he's knighted. And he's he got the respect of the queen. He's no longer people's entertainment. So if you make fun of him, he's 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 tells the the court, you, you know, try it. You know, I'll, I'll challenge <laughs> you to a duel and see what we'll see what happens. And yeah. so he's now at this point 1644. He's now 25 years old when a certain gentleman of the court in France uh, and I think it was actually, it was an English, uh, an Englishman, which we'll get who, who his brother was, um, which is important to the story. But so mm-hmm. this, this gentleman, he insults Jeffrey and it's not, it's not recorded, uh, anywhere what the insult was, but it was enough that Jeffrey challenged him to a duel. And so the, the guy, he thinks this is just a joke, you know, like this, is, this is just going to be hilarious dueling this little guy. And uh, so he chooses Jeffrey's strong suit, which is a horse and, and you know, pistols. So this is, this is going to be the dual horse and pistols, and it's going to be hilarious. Except, so he doesn't even bring a gun. Like, he, he comes on his horse, and instead of a gun, he brings a squirt gun. Like, as... as, as uh, oh, it's not going to go well for him. No, as described by Queen Henrietta in a letter of, uh, describing the event. Giving Cavalier took no firearms, but merely a huge squirt with which he meant at once to extinguish his small adversary and the power of his weapon. The vengeful dwarf, however, managed his good steed with sufficient address to avoid the shower aimed at himself and his loaded pistols, and withal to shoot his laughing adversary dead. Oh! And he doesn't just shoot him dead. He uses his prodigious... He's on horseback and with these little pistols, and he shoots him square in the forehead, almost right between the eyes. And that's not, I mean, back then with those weapons too, you, you know, you know, I don't know if it was just an accident because they usually aim for the torso with those accuracy, but he went. When is the TV show coming? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so he, he kills him and there's a problem. This might've been amusing to the Royals if it had just been like some commoner that he had dueled and shot. Like they might've thought this was really this funny. This guy asked for it. I yeah. have no sympathy for the guy who's like, you know, don't insult me. I'm a dwarf. And then the guy insults him and he turns up yeah. for the duel with a squirt ground. I'm yeah, like, dude, is, all right, you, you know, Jeffrey's this is entirely up, on you. Yeah, Jeffrey's put up with this crap his whole life. He's having yeah, none yeah, of yeah. it anymore. He's like, screw you all. You're, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the head if you do this. Uh, so this is a proper message, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. If But the problem, the reason why this didn't work out with him, for him, because this guy that he shot in the head happened to be the queen's master of the horse brother. And this was Baron William Croft was, and th- this was his brother. And so no, the, he's captain of the horse. That's got to outrank. <laughs> yeah, no. And so Baron, Baron William Croft was not, didn't take kindly to his, his brother being shot and killed by Jeffrey. And so the other problem was that at the time in France, dueling was illegal. So not only had he, had he, you know, killed someone who was kind of well-connected, but also done something illegal, which was technically murder that he committed, even if it was a duel. So he committed murder in the eyes of the law, embarrassed uh, the the queen because she's this, her court is a guest at this other court. And then he's got, you know, one of her members of her court is, you know, killing someone. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, came so, along a bit later, right? <laughs> yeah. So Sir Jeffrey was 
uh, arrested and and slated to be executed for murder. But the queen, you know, she, she was having none of that. She's, you know, so she she was she was very displeased with Jeffrey for embarrassing her in the in the court and, and you know killing the brother of her master of the horse. But she didn't want him executed, so she wrote to the cardinal Mazarin and uh, begged basically for Jeffrey's life to be spared. And the the request was granted, and instead he was just exiled from France. And this is this is kind of where it all goes wrong for him for like the rest Dude, of his life. I bet in private she was like, she's like, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so embarrassed. But then she goes, you absolute legend. Well, yeah, that the letter, the letter you just read, that was after, and she didn't describe it as like you know mad at I'm him. So she was ashamed. Just like, no, no, it just wasn't her tone at all. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he goes, but and it's not really clear what happens in between here. There's there's this point where he's exiled and then there's the point where he gets kidnapped by pirates again. Uh, the, and there's who gets kidnapped by pirates twice. Yeah. And this one didn't work out for him. So it wasn't, it, it, it seems like it was a very small gap of time in between. So it's not clear. Like, was it on his way back to England or did he go back to England and then was, was captured later? Uh, it's not quite clear, but it seems like most accounts seem to indicate that it was, it happened pretty quickly. Okay. So he's captured by pirates, Ottoman pirates, as it turns out. And he, he's a bit of a novelty. He's going to, he's going to fetch a good price on the slave market. So they take him and they sell him as a slave, which he then goes and does for about two and a half decades uh, working as a slave. That's not, that's not the, that's not the uh, length of time I was expecting. Like two and a half months. Yeah. Two and a half decades until the 1660s, the late 1660s. He's a dwarf, right? In the uh-huh. 1600s. How long is he yeah. going to live? That's the thing. He actually lives all the way to 63 years old. So he, he yeah. I thought he, dwarves had a shorter lifespan. Yeah, I, I thought that was the case as well. I mean, not in modern times, I don't think, but, or at least not a lot, but I would, I thought back then, but apparently not, yeah. I guess, or at least not in his case. Uh, okay. So in the late 1660s, England's actually doing this thing where they're going, so there'd been like, like thousands and thousands of of these of their people that had got captured and sold off as slaves, and so they were actually paying to get them back. You know, say Wait, thousands of, of dwarves. No, thousands of people, like just English citizens that were getting uh. Uh, kidnapped and and made into slaves, and so they were they were sending. <laughs> Someone's like building a dwarf colony. <laughs> no, uh, so they were sending um, like money and also you know diplomats and what to try to get these these English citizens back. Uh, in the six, 1660s. And so he was one of those like in the late 1660s that ends up getting freed somehow in the, in this process. And so it's not really clear when exactly he made it back to England, but the first reference of him being back in England was in 1669. Uh, and unfortunately for him, this was also when the queen died that year. So when he got back, he couldn't he couldn't rely on on her patronage anymore. But the other reason he couldn't rely on really, he couldn't go back to his old position for anyone because, you know, if he had still been, you know, a tiny little guy, he could have, he could, you know, other courts would have taken him in. But the problem was in his, in his captivity. So a little bit later, the only reason we know any of the stuff that happens now is from, there's this guy named James Wright, who is an author writing a, writing a history book of Rutland. Uh, so where, where Jeffrey is originally from. And he interviewed Jeffrey before his death. Uh, so he, and so we have some brief snippets of kind of what happened there. And so it turns out while he was a slave, Sometime, somehow, between the age of about 25 and 50, he grew 22 inches, almost doubling his height uh, randomly. And so now he wasn't just a, he would now he was just like a short guy. Like back then, that wasn't that short. I mean, it was short, but not like super short. So he was just kind of a little guy, uh, but not like a novelty as he was before. So he couldn't he couldn't go back to his old old position. And so and this 
his time as a slave, he didn't really describe what, what he got up to exactly, except for um, like little references. And it wasn't a good time <laughs> based on this interview. So small references. So he credited his growth. Why? How did he grow? You know, what, how did he grow? And so he credited... It must have been that amazing slave diet. <laughs> he credited it to the... Uh, he credited it to hard labor and buggery. Is buggery still a term used in Britain? Uh, I know buggery yes. is. I know bugger, yeah, yeah, yeah. but buggery. Buggery, is that still a, a term? Yes, that you, yeah, and definitely. So, uh, for, that, for those who don't know what that is, that's sodomy. So apparently he was used not well as a slave. And he was like, this is what made me grow. <laughs> the hard labor and the sodomy. Whatever the case. Now he's, he is free, at least now. He's around 50 years old at this point. Uh, and much taller. Obviously can't get a position, but he does. He does go to the Duke of Buckingham and uh, King Charles II. So it's Duke of Buckingham, George Vieira II. So the, the son of his former, um, former mistress. And then also Charles II, son of Queen Henrietta, who is now dead. So he goes to them and they do give him some money to sort of restart his life. Uh, and so it's not really clear what happened to him between this point And then so that's 1669 and 1676. When he goes, he's traveling to London to try to get a pension, not just like a one-off money. He wants a pension. And so he goes, but this is like one of the peaks of the anti-Catholic, you know, sentiment in the country. And he's a Catholic because when he was, when he was a little kid, the queen, you know, queen is his best friend and she, she was Catholic. So he became Catholic and, um, not a good time to be Catholic. And so he arrives in London and he gets promptly arrested for being Catholic. And then he gets thrown in jail for the next four years. He sits in prison for being Catholic and eventually released in 1680. And then what happens after is not really known other than he died two years later at the age of 63 in 1682, buried in a pauper's grave, despite the fact that he was, he was a knight and a captain of the horse. No, no headstone or anything like that. Just tossed in a grave somewhere. No one knows where there is at least near the place of his birth. Now a little sign that's been put up at some point and it reads, Sir Geoffrey Hudson's uh, 1619 to 1682, a dwarf presented in a pie to King Charles I. Yeah. Of all the things he did. Yeah, that's what's... And then also, there is a statue of him, I can't remember, like in front of some, some tavern or something that someone put up at some point. So he's got a statue at least. And wasn't he presented to the queen and then she took him? Yeah. He was like presented some... in a pie to the king as well. I guess the king agreed yeah. there together. Yeah. I'd be really disappointed if that was me. Like I'd be like, I shot that yeah, guy he, in the face. And, and he, he, was, he awesome. was leading such a cool life up to that point. Yeah. And it should have only gotten cooler. Like now he would have got it some respect, you know, like yeah. people stop, stop, you know, start taking him seriously. And then now he sold for sold into slavery. And that was that. Well, that was that. The latter half of his life was significantly worse. Yeah. Not a good time. But, the 25 uh, years of slavery. It's not awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he had, I mean, I guess the first 25 years were all right. You know? Yeah. Seemed pretty good. Yeah. Seem pretty good. Is that where the story ends today? That is where the story ends today. I, I do think this would make a great show. It would. Like a mini a mini series on HBO or something. Well, you have the, on the, what, in Game of Thrones, they have the one character who's kind of like this, only like a royal himself, like not just a member of the court, right? Uh, the ty- what is it? Tyrone, maybe? I don't know. Dude, I've never seen Game of Thrones. What do you expect? I <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it either because I was waiting for it to finish because I thought I might actually like it. So I know, you know, I like to wait till the show's done so I can just watch the whole thing. But the problem yeah. is then everyone says the last season is crappy. And so now I don't really feel like I want to invest the time to watch it if it's just going to end crappily. Oh, to watch, the, to watch the whole thing? Why not just get the last season? Well, you got to see how it ends. But then if it's awful, then I'm just going to be like, well, that was a waste. That's true. That's how I feel about yeah. Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? The TV no. show where they're on the islands? The no, ending was uh, not great. Not great. Yeah. Give that one a miss. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, this has been the Brain Food Show. Support us by supporting our sponsor, backblaze.com forward slash brain food, 14 days, 15 days for free as a trial. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. This show will be back not next week, the week after. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another brand new show. And yeah, thanks for listening. I'm the queen. Give it to me. <laughs>